Welcome to Cornerstone College Ministries Podcast. I'm Blake Brown, the college pastor at Stillwater Bible Church. You're joining us as we do a three-part study of the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. If you've been with us before, you realize that this short series, uh, it's a lot more laid back. During the summer, we are more discussion-based and relaxed in our lessons. Hope you enjoy as we go through this amazing passage about those who had triumphs of the faith. This morning, go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews is not going to be our study for the summer, but we're going to spend a couple weeks in Hebrews, a few weeks here. Um, So the book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews, which is the Jewish believers, Jewish people. Um, We actually don't know who wrote this book. It doesn't say in the Bible um, who wrote it. Some have very strong opinions on who wrote it, um, but the Bible doesn't say, ultimately. Some people say it's Paul. I personally don't think it's Paul, because if you look at every single letter Paul writes, he's like, Paul, a bondservant of Christ, or from Paul, writing to you, believers. Like, but then this just starts with, like, boom, just, like, starts right in. Um, people think it's maybe Barnabas. Um, people think other things, but anyways. Um, <clears throat> some people will stake their whole dissertation on the fact that it's Bar- Barnabas sometimes. Um, was that J. Vernon McGee who did that or something? Well, J. Vernon McGee said it was Paul, if you know who J. Vernon McGee is. So. Um, he's like the grandpa of believers, I don't know. He's like amazing. But anyways, um, so the Bible doesn't say who wrote it. However, who had, whoever did write it had intimate knowledge of the Jewish culture and history. Um, they had a firm grasp of the Old Testament. There are things they referenced that I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about. Um, just because it's like I wasn't raised a Hebrew, right? I wasn't raised in Jewish culture. There's some things that are going to be in there that's like you can study and learn about, but ultimately it's going to be a little different when it hits someone who's been raised with all of the teachings that kind of stuff in the culture of the Hebrew culture versus us um, here today. And so um, study helps, of course, but it's written to them. Um, and it basically shows them that Jesus is better at everything, right? Like he's a better prophet, he's a better priest, he's a better king, he's better than all that they have in the Old Testament, all these heroes they look up to, basically. Um, so we're going to see in a couple weeks, we're going to spend in the Hall of Faith, or the Hall of Fame of Faith. I don't know how it's actually supposed to be said, but I think it's Hall of... Hall, I say Hall of Fame of... Faith Hall of Fame? Okay, it's another, I haven't heard that one before. Anyways, um, so we're in Hebrews 11 there. And really what this is showing, I think the goal, I've been studying this for the past about month or so, I think the goal of Hebrews 11 is to point to the first two verses of Hebrews 12, obviously, but um, in the sense that, like, look at how great and these people were in their in their faith and how they were going and they were living by faith and going through all these persecutions and stuff. But then it goes Hebrews 12, and it's like, but fix our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of faith, right? He's the, he's the better example, even better than Abraham and all those other things. And so let's start, um, I'm not even at Hebrews right now, but Hebrews 11. Um, before we get uh, started, I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to read it and pray. So, I read it a lot. Um, so, Hebrews 11, 1 through 16 this morning. Um, now, faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, old men of old gained approval. By faith, we understood the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen is not made um, out of which things are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts through his faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. He was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness um, that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. 
By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness which according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, um, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city not... Um, which had foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, there was born even one man, um, born even of one man, and him as good as dead as that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith, without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from distance, they have confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For those who say such things um, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And if indeed they were thinking of that country in which they went out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for um, just how great your word is. Um, I, I pray this morning as we go through this and study this together that you would um, just speak through it. Uh, we know that it's uh, alive and, and powerful and sharpened into its sword. Uh, I just pray that as we look at this, we see these examples of people living by faith, that we would um, imitate our lives after that and ultimately keeping our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Um, so what we're going to do, and I'm going to do this probably most weeks um, during the summer, if I can get this to work right, okay, um, is that you cannot see those things. Um, hold on, let's see if I can do the settings, uh, light, restart to apply changes. Uh, Christian Beats. It might be like, bum, 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 bum. Really loudly. I didn't. Okay, we're good. Um, let's do full screen this time. Um, hold on. So this is Logos. If y'all don't have Logos, it's a great resource. It has lots of free things on it that you can use. Um, let's do North American Standard. Um, okay. Is this it? Yeah, you can read this. Oh, aha. There you go. Awesome. Um, is everyone able to read this pretty well, or should we be a little bigger? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, so we start off. It says, Now, um, faith is assured of things, hope for the conviction of things not seen. Um, so ultimately, it's based on what you can't see, right? Faith is. Um, if you have faith that you'll do, if, I, if I'm saying, I have faith that you'll do this, right? Can I see anything within that? No, right? It's like, okay. I don't know, but I have faith that you will. Right? I'm just believing that you will. Um, it's, it's the Greek word pistis, um, which is faith or faithfulness, right? Trusting something. Um, so if faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, right? And so as we're going through, we have these little things that say like the substance of things hoped for um, or expected, right? Because the thing with the hope in the Bible is different than the hope we think of. If hope won't rain or hope it cools off today, probably won't. Um, but uh, in fact, it's, it's an expectation, right? The, the hope that we have, and the conviction, right, or the evidence of things not seen. Um, 
real quick reminder, I don't know if you can tell colors very well, but the green here, um, it was called participles. Um, and they either have an ing ending, like it's happening, right? So not knowing where he was going. Um, he, he was called, it, it's, it's kind of just, sometimes it'll be ing, sometimes it has different things. I'm not gonna go into the Greek because of it, because it's like really complicated, but um, that's kind of uh, that there. And then the blue, which you can't really tell the blue very well, it just looks like it's kind of dark up here. But things like obtained, um, found, took, right, gained, approval. Um, those things are in the indicative mood in the Greek, which is the mood of reality, right? It just is, right? So it's a verb, but it's like, it is this. It's what it is. Um, there's nothing that's here that's in red. Aha, consider, right? Um, consider down here is in red, and um, that is imperative mood, um, which means that it's a mood of command. So... Those are things that, if you're going through, you're like, why are there so many different weird things that are on there? That's what it means. Because um, we'll be doing this over the summer, so I want to make sure you all know that. Um, okay. Do we understand? What are some things that come to mind when you think of verse 1? Thoughts and such. Walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 1 Yeah. By faith, not by sight. Good Another verse, right? Um, it says, like, you know, uh, you have seen and believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe, right? Um, it sounds like it can be uh, maybe like, you know, we have blind faith, right? We, we just walk by faith, we don't care about anything else. But really, do we have a blind faith as believers? No, right? Like, in fact, it says in Romans 1, it's clearly seen, if you look at the world, that there is a God, right? And they know, because the law is written on their hearts, it says they know that things that they do are wrong and that they deserve punishment for it, and that God is just. Because um, we're all made in the image of God. And so it's, it's something where we have faith because we don't actually physically see God, right? We don't see those things. We don't see that there is a future hope that we have. But we've been told about it um, by a faithful God. So I think a lot of what we're going to see as we go through Hebrews 11 is not just that the people were faithful people, but that they were having faith in a faithful God. Right? The only reason why they can be faithful is because they know that God will keep his promises. Right? Okay, um, so Greek word, pistis, there um, for faith. That's how we see it all the way throughout here. So, um, And then look at verse 2 and 3. It says, For by it the men of old gained approval, right, Old Testament people, um, by faith we understand that the world were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen is not made out of things which are visible. Um, so Old Testament people gained approval by faith or by living in faithfulness, right? In the same word, business. Um This is talking a lot about the things they did in faith, not talking about their faith for salvation, right? Um, faith for salvation is they believe in Christ for eternal life, they believe in the future Messiah, believe in God for eternal life. Um, this is talking about them, as we go through this, we'll see them doing things in faith. Right, God's like, hey, do this, and they're like, okay, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to go anyways, and such. Um, one thing interesting here, gained approval, um, obtained a good testimony, right? Like uh, that's what it literally says in the Greek, um, and so it's like, what's a testimony? An account of something. An account of something, yeah. It's probably, um, I had to guess. Greek word. Yeah, mar, mar to, if you see way down there, um, 
martureo. Um, it's, it's the word we get from martyr, right, from martyr, because they're killed because of their testimony, because of their account that they give. They're martyrs. And so they're martyr, right, they're martyreo, their their testimony. Um, that's how they gained a good testimony, basically, was by living in faith, right, faith in God. Okay. Um, right, you know, so the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So what it seems not made out, which was visible, right? Um, we weren't there when God created the world, but we understand um, that he did. Um, and that he, what, he made it out of things not that were already there, but he created it out of nothing, right? And such. Um, cool. Does that make sense? Any questions on that? More thoughts? All right. Then we go through the next part, right? By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through his faith, though he is still dead, he, or he's dead, he still speaks. He's still dead. Just in case you want to know. Um, so Abel was faithful in his offering. What was, what was the reason why God liked Abel's offering better than Cain's? The intention behind it was probably part of it, right? Definitely. Do we know what the offering was? Wasn't it like the best of the stuff he had? Uh, like, uh, it was livestock, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sacrifice compared to Cain's, which was a fruit. Was it even his first fruit? Produce. The Abel's sacrifice was the proper... A symbol and resemblance of the sacrifice of Christ as the Lamb. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the Bible says God preferred Abel's sacrifice over Cain's, right? And somehow God communicated, communicated this to Cain because then Cain was like, all mad. And then God's like, why are you mad, bro? Don't sin. It wants to make you sin, but you have to master over sin kind of thing. Um, and so really, yeah, we don't know. God liked Cain's or Abel's more. And um, a lot of things go behind that, right? Probably part of it was the intention behind it. Because um, you see that Cain wasn't the best sport about it whenever he found out that God didn't like his. Um, um, it could have been, right? Because Old Testament war, they're commanded to have grain offerings and blood offerings, right? So both of those things are good, and God wants those things. But there was something about Cain's that wasn't the right way, right? But... Here we see, right, um, that Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. We know that from Scripture, from um, Genesis, and from here. Through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, right? He was living righteously. He was doing the things that God commanded in the right way. Um, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he's dead, he still speaks, right? We've all heard the story of Cain and Abel, right? the first murder um, in, in the Bible, right? in history, and such. Um, but we see his faithfulness. He still has approval from those who read about it, those who know about him, um, for eternity. Right? Um, through his faithfulness, he still speaks in that way. Um, <coughs> one thing, um, and this is something I'll just hint on real quick, but we went over um, figures in Genesis last year, uh, or last semester. Uh, well, I don't know, a little bit ago, on Wednesday nights. One of them was Cain, right? Cain and Abel. And um, we kind of looked at this idea, this question, was Cain saved or not? Right? And our first inclination is, no, he wasn't saved at all. Right? Um, but then you see that the things that God says to him were like, 
Does it make sense for someone who's not born again? Or does it make sense for someone who, who's able to, to, to um, live in faith, right? He says that, like, why are you sad, first of all, um, to him? And then he's like, hey, sin is crouching at your door ready to pounce, but you must master over it. And that's not something that he would really say to a uh, not born again believer, right? And someone to master over sin. And so um, I think Cain was a believer, but that's like total offshoot um, there. Um, ultimately, what we see here is that by faith, Abel offered a faithful sacrifice, right? Through that, obtained a good testimony from that. Okay. Now, look, Enoch walked with God, right? Um, so, yeah, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Um, what is the entire story of Enoch? He walked with God. And? And he was no more, right? <laughs> that was it, right? He was just taken up. That was it. He was with God at that point. Um, so he was, so now, of course, you see there's a, there's a, a timeline progression that went from Cain and Abel to Enoch. It's going kind of through the Bible's history. Um, Enoch was pleasing to God, and God took him up. And that's, that's all we know about him, right? Um, but it showed that by being pleasing to God, you, first of all, you can please God, ultimately. And... Um, he, he obtained the witness that before his being taken out, before his being just like the first person raptured, I don't know, wherever it was, he was just with God all of a sudden. We don't know very much about it. Um, he was taken up because he was pleasing to God. And look at verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. Right? For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Right? You can't um, please God without, first of all, having faith, right? without faith, without faithfulness too, right? Without being faithful, this word pistis that we're seeing. Without being faithful, you can't be pleasing to God. If you're just living your life in the flesh, living your life not thinking about those things that you can't see, about the hope that we have in Christ, you're not going to be able to be pleasing to God. You must know two things. Those two things are that God is and that he rewards those who serve him or who please him or seek him, right? Um, why must you know more than just he is? Yeah? Demons believe that? Um, I don't know if the demons might believe that he's a warrior of those who seek him also. I don't know. But why must we as humans, right, um, when it comes to that, when it comes to God, we must believe that He is, and to please Him, um, that He is and His rewarder. Rewarder. We like incentives. Yes. <laughs> Humans need a goal, right? Um, I think that's part of it. I think it is. What? I'm just laughing. Oh. Your laugh sounded like, I think, so I'm not sure. <laughs> um, um, so, He is, right? If you just know God exists, and that there is no benefit to you at all for anything that you do in regard to him, what would you do? You wouldn't, you wouldn't care, right? You wouldn't do anything, right? If you knew that it was just punishment no matter what, right? No matter how you lived, you were punished either way. You'd be like, well, forget how I'm trying to live righteously. I'm just going to live in the flesh. Who cares, right? Um, but because you know that there's actually a benefit, an eternal benefit, right, with rewards that we see... And there's even stuff here that hook of his joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. 
think I missed one in there, but you know, it's, it's conscious, whatever. Um, all those things we get if, we, if we're living in faith, right? If we're abiding in Him, keeping our eyes focused on Him, we know there's a reward for living in faith. If we just knew He existed and nothing else, it'd be like, cool, what does that have to do with me, right? If it makes no difference with how we live, then we wouldn't do anything. But we know that it does, right? There are rewards that we get for living faithfully. <coughs> so to please God, know He exists, know that there's a reason why you want to please Him, right? Um, that He is a just God, right? Um, that He does have um, uh, the opportunity or the, the reasons to discipline, right? And those things. So we have to know that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him, right? So if we, we want to seek Him so that we'll be rewarded. Does that make sense? Go ahead. So, I think God can use things that unbelievers do for His purpose, right? His plan, and to do good things. I think unbelievers can do good things, but for the wrong motives, right? And they're going to be pleasing to Him with that way. They're going to be, um, they're going to, I mean, they're going to be living ultimately in the flesh whenever they're doing these things. And they can do these things, like they can feed the poor, feed the hungry, right? Those things, um, and that's good, and I think that's pleasing, but... They're pleasing to God because they're doing it because uh, for different reasons, right? To make themselves feel good, to make think maybe they think that by doing that they'll be able to go to heaven. Ultimately, they can't please God at all um, by doing that and such. Because um, ultimately, not seeking God, they're seeking themselves, or they're seeking laud and praise from other people or something like that. Those are my thoughts. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, so that's a good point, is that you see Samson, and I can probably bet that God was not pleased with a lot of his life. Um, that's why I think it says you have to believe that he is, reward those who seek him. A lot of times, we as believers don't seek God, right? And we're not pleasing to God in our lives, our personal lives. Um, and so it takes knowing he is, knowing he rewards them, and then seeking him, right? He rewards those who seek him. Um, God works all things together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And so we see that there's not just, God works everything together for good. It's like, I'll be fine. I'll be rewarded no matter what. It's like, no, 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 if you're loving God, right? Um, you won't be told, well done, good and faithful servant, if you weren't doing well and weren't good and faithful. Right? He's not going to lie to you uh, whenever you get to heaven. Um, but he'll be like, I'm so glad you're here. Come on in, right, if you have faith in Him. But the rewards aspect of it won't be there. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think... Necessarily, that unbelievers that are living in the flesh are able to please God, right? That he is, um, or that he's a rewarder at that point. Um, but as believers, we have the ability to, but oftentimes we don't, right? Because we live in the flesh. Like when it says, for if he comes to God, um, so if he comes mm-hmm. to God, is it referring to salvation, or is it like referring to like fellowship? 
Hmm, that's a good point. Um, I'm not sure. So it says, um, actually, I'm going to get the actual word Greek up. If it'll do it, well, um, to move towards. So it's coming. Um, I would have to assume, right, I'm not, uh, don't take me at this as, as true, um, but I think it's talking about um, fellowship more so and about serving, right, serving God. Um, because faith possible to please him, right, which of course this whole time he's not talking about faith for um, eternal life. These things, what did Abel do? He offered a sacrifice. That's not for eternal life, right? What did Enoch do? He walked with God. What was it for eternal life? You believe in him, you have eternal life. But the continual walking is, is the fellowship part of it, right? And they have here to please him. Those who come to God must believe he is and he's a rewarder. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was saved when I was like seven, I f- did not really understand the concept of rewards, right? Um, I was told believe in God for eternal life, so I did. Um, and like a lot of believers, probably like the reward is salvation, right? That's the reward. Ultimate reward is for doing something, right? Um, it's for actually having something you do, and then you're rewarded for that, not a free gift, which is what eternal life is. And so I think it's talking about um, us as believers coming to God and and to, to please Him, right? In fellowship, um, it comes to God, must believe that He is He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. Um, yeah, living by faith, not necessarily faith in a, for eternal life. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that faith in this passage has the idea of like the state of being faithful? I think so. Um, a lot of it. I um, I think it goes on and says living by faith later on. But the word like pistis, right, in, in the Greek um, is like it can mean just faith, trust, or faithfulness, right being faithful. And so I think that's more of the idea of what we're seeing. I mean, the Hall of Fame of Faith isn't like, these people believed and cool, right? Um, but it's like, these people lived lives or had at least moments in their lives where they were faithful um, to God. So yeah. <coughs> I think when we get to 12 in a couple weeks, um, 12 on 2, we'll be able to see the kind of comparison, okay, now what about us, right? What do we do? Um, we'll be able to look at Christ and his faithfulness, and so we want to be faithful in our Christian lives. Right? So, yeah. My heading, my chapter heading is living by faith. Um, and I think that, like, I think living by faith is a little bit different than faithfulness, but I think those go with hand. Like, you can't be faithful without having faith in a faithful God, if that makes sense. Like you said at the beginning, like, mm-hmm. they were faithful because they yeah. And so I think, yeah, go, go Yeah. Yeah, when I'm saying faithfulness, it's talking about faithfulness mm-hmm. to God. And a lot of times, like you're saying with Samson, right, it's not the whole life. In fact, mine actually has the triumphs of faith as the header. And that's kind of a, a, a better header, which like, it's not even the word you anyways. But like, um, it's just these things that happen, right? It's talking about these events that happen in their lives and sort of their whole lives as a whole. So, um, Okay, let's keep moving on. Um, so, by faith, Noah, being warned by God again about things not yet seen, right? It's like, it's going to rain. He's like, what's rain? Um, and so it was like, there's going to be a huge flood. Um, 
things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, right? Is that eternal life salvation? Obviously not, right? Which is why we have to be careful when we see salvation. It's not talking about what salvation is talking about. We have to look at that. Um, it's talking about the salvation from the flood of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith, right? Um, so he lived faithfully in a fallen world. The world was very fallen. If you go back in Genesis, um, whenever you talk about Manoah, um, he told the world what was happening, and he trusted God that he was faithful. That hey, I'm going to flood the earth, and you need to build a boat. He's like, okay, I'll do it. Right? I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do it anyways, um, because God told me to. So he prepared an ark. He condemned the world. Right? And became an heir of righteousness according to faith. So he lived by faith when he did that. Right? Things not yet seen. Okay, verse 8, right, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going to a place which he was received for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Who are Isaac and Jacob? Descendants, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, the architect and builder is God. Um, so Abraham obeyed God in faith, right? He's like, hey, get up, go. He's like, okay, right? <laughs> so he went. Um, and uh, he, he got there, and he was as a foreigner, right, as an alien in that land. Um, and he was told, like, you're going to have this thing, right? He told, gave them, or gave Abraham three things that they promised him. What were those three things? Land, seed, blessing, right? I'll give you a land. It's going to be this land, right? I'll give you a seed, right? The, the, the descendants, right? Um, which are uh, going to be more numerous than all the everything, basically, right? And then a blessing, right? A blessing, those who bless you, bless you, those who curse you, curse you. You'll be a blessing to all the world, right? And so um, that is what he was given. Um, and so he was told he was given that. He was, went out there. He didn't know where he was going. He just got there. He lived in a foreigner in that land that was promised to him. Um, and he had his eyes on the future city that God would build, right? The foundations of God, the architects of God, um, there. I think this is probably talking about um, the new Jerusalem, right? Or maybe the thousand-year reign that's going to happen in Jerusalem. Um, there, because I don't think that, I mean, we see it's not even ever been, it's not fully fulfilled, all the things that were promised to Abraham, right? We haven't fully seen that um, all the Jewish people are there, that they have... Um, all the land that's actually been promised to them. Right? Israel now is not the land that was promised to them by God. Um, it's actually much bigger and such. And so uh, I think it's talking about the New Jerusalem um, or some of the thousand-year reign that's going to happen there. Um, but he went there, not knowing where he was going, and just stayed there, right, in, in tents while dwelling. Um, and his sons, or his son and his grandson, um, a fellow of the same promise. He was looking for that city which had foundations. Right? His eyes were on a future city that God had promised him because he knew God is faithful. Right? Um, they have one that's kind of confusing. Right? Look at 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, think back to whenever the whole story with Sarah and Abraham happened. Um, did Sarah, what was Sarah's reaction? She laughed, right? And then God was like, why'd you laugh? She's like, I did not laugh. He's like, no, but you did, right? <laughs> um, and such. But it says here that she considered him faithful, right? So maybe at first she was like, are you kidding me? I'm like 100 years old. There's no way I'm having a kid. And it's like, I'm giving you a kid, right? Um, and so she considered him faithful um, there. 
<coughs> so she was given the ability to have a child then. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as that is that, right? Abraham was old too, and that he had a kid, uh, him and Sarah. And from that, as many descendants as the stars of the heaven in number, and as a numeral as a cent, which are by the seashore, right? Um, so through one man who acted in faith, something happened that made no sense, right? Sarah, able to have a kid, made no sense at all. But the reward came um, eventually, right? Even though he didn't get to see it. He didn't get to see the, the numerous as the sands of the sea, right? All these people that he saw, that their descendants. He didn't see that at all. But it came. Look at verse 13. All these died in faith, right? Without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Um, so all these people did not get to see the things promised to them, but they knew God was faithful, so they kept going. It says here that they confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. If you actually look at a bunch of the um, things here, um, Genesis 23, it says, I am a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me a burial site among you that I may bury my dead out of sight. Right? See that in Genesis 47, 2. Jacob said to Pharaoh, Here's my sojourning are 130, few and unpleasant but the days, right? The fathers during their sojourning. Uh, in First Chronicles, you see, <coughs> we are sojourners, people before you, tenants, our fathers, all throughout the Old Testament. You see that there's a lot of different places where they're talking about how we're just traveling through, right? We're strangers going up through through this. That's what the Jewish people would say that they are. Um, so they died, though, without receiving all those promises, right? Without receiving, here's the land you're going to get. They didn't actually get it. Right? They died before that happened. But they knew that it was going to happen because God is faithful. Um, they woke up from distance, having confessed that there were strangers exiles on the earth. Um, and this kind of explains that as you go as you go down. For those who say such things, right, that they're strangers and, and exiles, make it clear they are seeking a country of their own, right? We're exiles, um, and they're looking for this country. It indeed, if they had been thinking of that country with one out, they had the opportunity to return. So if they're like Abraham was like, Yeah, I'm a stranger from this place, and I'm go back there, I won't be a stranger anymore. No, he's like, I'm just a stranger, right? And I have a stranger, I'm a stranger with a destination, not from a destination, right, from a place. Call themselves exiles all throughout the Bible. So they weren't strangers that were headed from somewhere, who would head back there to be at home. They were strangers who were promised a land and strangers who were searching for that land, right? Do you see the difference there? I'm talking about? Yeah. <coughs> that makes sense. Any questions? So, um, I think because this is God's word, right? Um, we know here more information than we do in Genesis. Um, and so we know that, uh, where is it? Uh, received both to conceive, even by proper time. So she considered him faithful who promised. She doubted at first, right? Um, but I think that she was like, okay, but this is God, right? And I think God will be able to do this um, for me. Um, the same way we've talked about how, you know, Manny mentioned that Samson is in here. But Samson, <laughs> he is not really the best, right? Example. Um, throughout all of that. But in the end, right, he was faithful. He, he, he cried out to God asking, hey, give me the strength, right, and such. 
Um, and so I think that's that's why um, it probably says that because even though we just saw her doubting, we didn't see the fact that she actually believed. Um, we know that she eventually did conceive, right? God was faithful. Um, and that apparently she actually did at some point uh, believe in him for that, right? Twice. Yeah. yeah. And like had a, another baby, you know? So it's just amazing that mm-hmm. God's like, you're faithful. And then you're not faithful. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So for Enoch, he was just cool. Yeah. Enoch, <laughs> great. <laughs> Abel. Great. Uh, we should know very much about them. But yeah, like Abraham, yeah, that's a great example because we think of Abraham as like, oh, the father of, you know, he is the father of the Jewish nation, right? And everything like that. And he's like, this great dude. But he um, twice was like, hey, wife, be my sister so that, you know, if they want to take you, they don't have to kill me. That'd be great. Right? And it's like, no. And it just happened twice. And then, yeah, the whole thing with Hagar. And he's like, okay, um, fine, I'll just sleep with uh, your maid, and then I'll have a kid that way. And God will fulfill his promise. Ba-boom. Done, right? Um, and it was like, no, right? Um, and so God actually went through Sarah, like he said that he would, like he promised he would, right? Um, but Abraham's counted in the Hall of Fame of Faith, or the Faith of Fame Hall, whatever it is. Um, okay, cool. So they were promised a land, and there were sojourners, there were exiled strangers, but they weren't coming from a land to this brand new place. Um, well, they were, technically, but they were. Um, looking for the land that was promised them by God, right? Um, they were headed to a destination, not necessarily from a destination, right? Um, so, kind of what he's saying there. That there's a land and there's a city by God um, made that they were looking for. So, then in verse 16, uh, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them, right? He promised them a city. He promised them... Um, where they're going to go. He's a better country for them, a heavenly one. Prepared a place for them. These people lived their lives obeying God um, because they knew that he exists and that he was faithful to reward those who please him. Please him, I mean. Um, He exists, he's faithful to reward those who please him. They were not strangers from a far off land. They were strangers coming to their new home. Um, So so far in Hebrews 11, we're stopping there this morning, verse 16. Hebrews 11, um, how do we see the example of these people set up for us? They have faith regardless of their screw-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think God won't use you because you've already screwed up? He'll still use you, right? Yeah, like, look, look what God can do with just an inconsistent little always not always like seeking the Lord faith you know and mm-hmm. so 
that's not to say that yeah, I can do whatever God's going to use me, but um, think about how like much more, like how if you're continue to be faithful, like how much more God can use you because you know you're, it's just a meager offering to Him, but He can use it for much. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I like how you have verse six that says what verse six says. And then you have the rest of this section, which exemplifies moments of these people who are seeking the Lord Mm -hmm. and who receive some sort of reward or at least promise a reward that they will get eventually uh, because they sought God. And it's like, you know, um, that verse by itself, right, verse 6 by itself is so weird, especially hearing it. I mean, you can... You can say just verse 6, and it's true, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's removing any vital context. But adding the rest of it in there is really just backing up, like, no, seriously, all these people who sought God, like, they were pleasing to the Lord, even though, I mean, like we said, they had their bad moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had moments where they were seeking the Lord, and they either got a reward directly from that, mm-hmm. or they had already been promised something, and it furthered along that promise, yeah. or like... It continued the basically like God is sovereign. Here yeah, by. I think it goes along with um, the prophets as you see in the um, Old Testament. It talks a lot about how because prophets in Old Testament basically were just like um, y'all are sinning. If you don't stop and turn back to God, He's gonna destroy you. <laughs> um, but if you turn back to Him, it'll be totally fine, right? And they would speak the word of God to these people. And in every single one, basically, it's like, listen, there's judgment coming because you are living awfully and you are rejecting God. But as soon as you turn back from this and turn to God, it's fine, right? You'll, you'll be cleared. It'll be fine. All these things will happen. But then Joel, it says, turn to me with your hearts and not your garments, right? Turn to me like with your actual, like your heart. Just turn your, turn your hearts to me and it'll be good. You don't have to even do anything just stop serving the other gods, right? Stop having idols. And so you see that even in, in this, with some of these examples of these people, like Samson as an example, right? Awful. God used him, definitely, but not the, the person you think of as like a Hall of Fame of Faith kind of guy. But the very, very end, he was like, Lord, help me, right? Please help me to destroy all this wickedness going on. Um, and then God granted him that, right? And stuff. And so it's even at the very, very end of his life, um, he's still. Um, God turned, he turned to God and then God rewarded that. So. I wonder why Daniel wasn't here. They, it stops. Um, so we get after about Moses and then he's like, I don't have enough time to explain this person and this person and this person and this person, right? Like Daniel, he's like a stud, right? Besides Jesus, one of the best in the Bible, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, so it goes through and then it's like, um, it goes to Rahab, and then it says in verse 32, What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I think of um, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and uh, <laughs> David and, um, and Samuel and the prophets, right? And then all these things that happen. So he just didn't have time. Now, it'd be great if he did. Like, I'm, I'd, I'd read it. But. It, it talks about, like, <coughs> they, he shut the mouths of lions. Yeah. And that's one of the references. It's like a Daniel. Which, I guess it might be Daniel. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah how can we apply this in our lives 
what we've seen so far, the first 16 verses. One thing I noticed in verse 13, 16 is what it popped out is that um, one thing they, uh, is like all of these that were listed, they, di- they, they died in faith and they died not receiving their promises. Mm-hmm. And there, if you're reading, this, especially those last four verses, it's like the, if it's so tied to your focus because it, he said in verse 16, but now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Their focus wasn't on this earth. Like they, it said in verse 13, that having, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Their focus wasn't on this earth. They were focusing towards the eternity. Yeah. And an eternity with God. And that's what was separated them from other people who do not live in faith. Because their focus was on Christ alone. Yeah. I have a question um, written. Sorry, not question. I just have a question written in my Bible from who knows when. But it said, if it was, if this chapter were rewritten again, would your name be included in it? And um, obviously, it's not going to be rewritten in one complete day. But if, if, like, you lived back then, like, would you have been counted as faithful Mm. and faithful? I just think that's a challenging question because, like, I'd like to think that I'm faithful, but do I do things with the wrong motives, like you're mm-hmm. talking about? Like, and that's subtle too. It it doesn't have to be this big ulterior motive, but it can be like, oh, did they notice that I did this, or expecting a thank you in return, or it, it's any number of things, and so. Um, I think it's just challenging to read about these people, um, both as, okay, well, these we, these are, like, famous people in our faith, mm-hmm. and, and God counted them as um, faithful and righteous, and then um, am I, A, being faithful, but then it's also encouraging that, like, you know what, even when I'm not, he is still faithful, and I should pursue faithfulness, but there's also an extreme amount of grace Mm-hmm. Times, so. yeah. I like that. <clears throat> um, I like also, like, if, you know, going back and reading Genesis, how much of Noah's life is actually covered? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> it's basically, he built the ark, <laughs> that happened, they got off, there was a rainbow. He got drunk. There's an even uh, further point, but, like, Noah lived a life that wasn't recorded in mo- most of it was not recorded in scripture and I'm positive that Noah sinned <laughs> during that life that was not recorded in scripture and yet like he still counted here so um, I think just understanding like Mandy said like there is grace um, and living in grace and realizing like sinning is the wrong thing <laughs> but also like God forgives you mm-hmm. and there will be opportunities that the Lord can use you, even if you miss out on one. Right? Yeah. There were probably opportunities, this is just speculation, that like Noah, I don't know, missed earlier in his life. He was like, mm-hmm. wow, I sinned, whoops. Mm-hmm. And then something passed by. But like the Lord called him to make an ark, and he made the ark. Yeah. And now here he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Samson missed a lot of opportunities. Right? Yep. 
but he brought the house out. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of um, kind of an example or a application from this um, in Colossians 3. And this will be the last thing before we close up. Um, but Colossians 3, 1. Don't do 5, might as well. Um, it says, um, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. It's the first class if, right? If, and you have been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Right? And so... Because our life is hidden with Christ and we have eternal life with Him, focus on that, right? Not on this earthly life that we have. And because of that, and we'll be revealed with Him in glory whenever He comes. Which, once again, we're probably going to die, or the rapture will come when He is revealed. Either way, when He comes and revealed, we'll be revealed um, then. So, um, that's what we want to do there. Okay. Um, well, let's pray, and then be done. God, we thank you uh, just so much for...